I'm kind of on this whole uh, 30 years fresh idea, and I can't shake it. Um, and, uh, you know, as I've said over the past couple of weeks, this, uh, this idea of looking back uh, and knowing God's faithfulness and being grateful for everything he's done, and sometimes you just need to stop because, you know, it's easy to get focused on what's wrong or what's not going right and to get focused on everything God's done. Uh, but also, uh, I think the idea of looking back to God's faithfulness and remembering him coming through time after time after time. It, it gives me an opportunity to, to go, I know the future is great because the future is his and he'll be as faithful in the future as he has been in the past. So, and there's been lots of times that I thought, I don't even know how the heck this is going to work out at all, but somehow God worked it out. He can work it out. So, uh, so I love all that. So this idea of 30 years fresh uh, has really emerged as kind of a thing for us um, in, in this season in the life of our church. And we're just um, leaning into the whole idea of, of keep it fresh. And I hope that you see that it's not just for our church, but you're hearing it as a word for your own life that we're going to keep our church fresh. Uh, you want to keep your marriage fresh. Amen. Somebody. <laughs> you want to keep your relationship with God fresh. You want to keep your life fresh. And here, here, here's what I know about keeping things fresh. It doesn't happen by accident. Uh, you don't drift into staying fresh. You know, you don't. Dr it's easy to drift into stale. That's easy. Just, just let things go their normal course, and they'll move into stale. It, it does cost something to stay fresh. Uh, and, and I want to talk about some of that today. Well, I'm looking at a passage of Scripture um, in Joshua chapter 1, and it's a fresh start for Israel. Uh, they've been in a 40-year season of kind of the same stuff happening all the time. They're they're wandering in the wilderness. They're, have you ever felt like you've been wandering in the wilderness? And, um, and they're, they're, in other words, they're just getting up and going through the day. There's no purpose. There's, there's no direction. They're just kind of walking around in circles, going through the motions. Uh, food is falling from the sky. They're eating manna, and they're not even, and they're even having to go to look for food. After a while, I mean, you know, you could get lazy if somebody just handed you stuff all the time, Right? They're wearing the same clothes, they're wearing the same shoes for 40 years. No change in style at all, just existing. And I think it would be easy if you were, if you were them to just slip into a comfort zone. Well, I guess this is just the way life is supposed to be. Uh, I'm just, this is just the, 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 the routine of my life and I just need to accept this. Um, but God is about ready to turn the page for them. And, and I just want to say that God wants to turn the page for you, and he wants to turn the page for us, uh, and, and to recognize that God is always faithful, but he's always fresh. Uh, he, he, to us, it's a new idea. To him, he's already had it all along. So this new day is arriving, and uh, they're about ready to enter into a new season, and, and this is uh, some ideas, I think, that can help us 
uh, stay fresh and how to get a fresh start. Joshua chapter 1 um, is where it picks up. Verse 1, it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I've given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun, will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you. I will not forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. And I could preach on every single one of these verses. Man, there's so much good stuff in here. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you can be careful to do according to all that's written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, then you will have success." How would you like to hear those promises? Well, you just did. And, and what I love about this passage is that, that the Lord is saying to Joshua and to Israel that what, whatever the last 40 years have looked like, the next 40 doesn't have to look the same. The, the next season does not have to look the same. And God intends for the next season for your life, for our church, for Israel in this story, that uh, you'll have success wherever you go. That's a good promise. Come on. Hey, that that, that you, will, you will, under the lordship of Jesus, uh, be able to make your way prosperous and successful. That's what God wants for your life. So last week I talked about this idea and of letting go of the past. It's something you have to do, and I'm not going to spend any time on it today because I got a lot I want to say in just a little bit of time. But I think just remembering that the past is past, you can't put toothpaste back in the tube, it's over, it's done, and you got, you got to have the ability to move on. It, good past, bad past. You, gotta, you look back on it, learn your lessons, be grateful for the good things that have happened, be grateful for the bad things because you learned a lesson out of those bad things. But look at the past and say, I'm not going to let the past define me anymore. I can get a new idea. I can get a, I can get a fresh spirit. I can get a fresh spirit of faith. I can move forward. I don't have to let everything that's happened in the past keep happening over and over and over again. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. So today, uh, what I want to take some time and talk about this idea that, that if we're going to stay fresh, you got to rise up and get going. You got, you got to get up and you got to get going. Uh, so verse, verse 2 says, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, 
arise. Everybody say arise. Arise. Cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. After 40 years, it can be hard to get up and try again. Uh, it, it would be, after 30 years, it would be easy for our church just to go, this is good enough, and slip into a comfort zone. And, and here's what I know. The ability to get back up again is, is very important. Because after a tough season, it's hard to get back up and worship God with all your might and serve the purpose of God, be generous, lean in, and love people even though somebody done you wrong. Come on, after a tough season, how many of you have ever had a tough relationship situation? How many of you are in a tough relationship? Never mind, don't raise your hand, but how many of you are in a tough relationship situation right now? And there's no question. I remember we were at a, a thing one time, and they were asking, you know, what's been the toughest part of, of leading your church? It was a bunch of ladies. Suzette was in this session. And um, this, the, the leader of the session asked, called on Suzette. said, what's, what's been the hardest part of leading your church all these years? She said, without a doubt, the broken relationships. Without a doubt, the, the tear of relationships. And, and sometimes when... As you're going through life, everybody has this tough relationship thing that happens. But then once it happens, you got to be able to get back up again. And you got to, you got to keep on going. You can't stop loving people just because somebody didn't treat you right. Come on. Maybe, maybe you had a bad deal. <laughs> somebody ripped you off or maybe something has happened. And, and here, here's what I have found is that if you, if you allow yourself to get into any kind of extended period of coasting or mediocrity, it, it is hard to get back up and go for it, to rise and get going. Uh, I, I see this in church all the time. People who have served, people who have leaned in, make a big difference People who have given their very best for the glory of God. People who have really gone hard after the things of God. They just decide, I'm burnt out. i got to take a break. And, and I understand that can happen. But here's what happens. You, you, you say, I'm just going to take a break. But then it turns into one year. And then it turns into two years. Then it turns into three years. And then it turns into five years. Then it turns into how long has it been since you ever did something that contributed to the well-being of your church. Am I preaching this okay? Come on, you got to get up, you got to get going again. If you're going to stay fresh. If you want to if you want to drift into stale, then just drift into stale. But if you want to stay fresh, you got to get up. You, you you can get too guarded. You can get too careful. You can get afraid. And and the Bible has this idea 156 times you're going to find in Scripture that God says, arise, 
In other words, come on, man, get back up again. <laughs> come on, get going. Come on, cross over into the, into the new era for your life. And one of my favorite passages of scriptures that kind of uh, helps me get a hold of this whole idea is Isaiah chapter 60. I think it's a prophetic passage. And the Bible says, Isaiah 60, verse 1, Arise, shine, everybody say shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. I love this idea that God is telling you to rise and shine in the light that has already come. Arise and live in your light. Let me just tell you this. You don't know everything. Come on. Turn look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you now. You don't know everything. The lights aren't on <laughs> for everything. But you do know something. And you gotta, you got to, the light has come on for you somewhere. Go don't go towards the darkness. Keep walking toward the light, right? In other words, I don't know everything, but I know a couple of things. And I'm going to keep living in the light of what I already know. And you don't, you don't have to know everything. To arise and get going. What has... What has God shown you? What do you get? And can I just say to you that if you're going to stay fresh, you got to live in your answers, not in your questions. Uh, everybody's got questions. Why this? Why that? Why me? Right? You can live in your questions all the days of your life and get in a, in a tither, is that right? In your brain. I guess you can get a tither in your brain. You got to live in your faith, not in your doubt. Sure, there's things that you hadn't figured out yet. Sure, there's questions you have. Sure, there's areas where you have doubt. But there's also areas where you've got something figured out. You can live in your light. Arise and shine. The light has come for you. Live in your certainties, not in your uncertainties. Live in your light. Because I promise you this, of everything there is to know, you only know a dot. Right? You know, when people say, I don't believe in God, I say, well, of all the information there is to exist, how, how much do you know of it? it honestly, it's probably one little dot in that, in that circle of information. Well, I go, maybe God exists in all the rest of it. You just know a little, just a little bit, you, and I just know a little bit. But of all the things, you're only going to know a tiny little percentage. And what I'm saying is if you keep waiting for all the answers to come, you'll never arise. If you keep waiting for the perfect conditions to arrive before you get up and get going, you'll never arise. Isaiah 62 says, For behold, darkness will cover the earth, 
deep darkness, the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you. His glory will appear upon you. So no matter how bad it is around you, the Bible's promise is the Lord's going to rise upon you. This is one of my favorite ideas, really, to think about. Because it does feel like this world is getting darker. But could I just remind you that we shine best when the darkness grows darker? Come on. And it, and it seems true that, that new levels of darkness keep coming in to cover the earth and cover the people of the earth. And when you watch CNN, constant negative news, right? They're just, and not just that channel. See, I can't even say that now. You used to be able to joke about that. I'm still joking about it. But you see all the reports of economic woes, and somehow you got to go, I know other people are walking in darkness in that area, but the glory of the Lord, I'm going to get up and walk in the glory of the Lord. Come on, somebody, right? I, I be honest, I don't remember it. I mean, I know we've had political tension in the past. Uh, during the Vietnam War, there were tons. I mean, it was, it was tense. There was, there was our, literally, our country was going to unravel. And, and I'm just saying the political tension that exists now, ridiculous. The division, ridiculous. You know what, though? The glory of the Lord is rising on you. And I, I know there's poverty out there, and I know there's violence out there, and I know there's injustice out there. I know all that. But while the darkness is happening all around, everybody say, but. but. Come on. But. but. I, didn't, I wasn't going to ask you to say it again, but thank you. <laughs> Aren't you glad God has a big. You, come on. All this, but the Lord is going to rise upon you. And the, so while the world gets darker, how about the church gets brighter? Right? How about all this stuff going on? Instead of getting sucked into all that, why don't we just rise and shine? Let's just, and, and let's just bring some answers. Right? Let's not protest. Let's just bring answers. Let's bring faith. Let's, walk, let's bring hope. Let's bring love. Let's bring light. Let's bring joy. Let's bring blessing. Let's bring strength. Come on. Let's be here for better. Isaiah 60 goes on verse 3. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. People and opportunity are drawn to your light. People and opportunity is drawn to your rising. Attendance 
is low at pity parties. You trying to get people to feel sorry for you in your situation. Somebody loving me and somebody hating me right now. But listen, I'm for you. I am. And if you, if you think that just by feeling sorry for yourself and moaning and groaning, that people are going to be drawn to that, they're not. When you, when you, when you get up and start going for it, you'd be surprised at who'll step out of the woodwork to go, I'll help. I'll help. I'll help you. We, sent, we, have, we have tons of teams go out on mission trips, and we have tons of people that get involved in it. And the truth is, I wait to see who's really going to engage before I give to them. I don't give before. They got to get up and get going. And they get up and get going, and I'm step in there and help out. Come on. Kings come to the brightness of your rising. Come on. If you get, people aren't going to hang around if you're all stale and moaning and groaning. Am I telling you the truth or what? And I, honestly, I am, I'm for you a thousand percent. But you have gotten the wrong idea. If you think just... Feeling sorry for yourself is going to attract the help you need. You got to get up and get going again. Because people go, people go where there's light. People go where there's beauty. People go where there's color. People go where there's love. People go where there's laughter. People go where there's joy. People go where there's hope. People go where there's an opportunity to connect. I think, I think it's why church is called to be the bright spot on the earth. Verse 4, Isaiah 60 says this, Lift up your eyes round about and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons will come from afar. Your daughters will be carried in, in the arms. You've got to lift up your eyes to see. You can't see looking down you can't see looking back you got to lift up your eyes because here's what happens everybody moves toward their vision how you see what you see you move towards your vision. So the question it would be important for each of us to ask ourselves is what, what do I see? Because if you see abundance, you move towards abundance. But if you see scarcity, amen. If, if you see opportunity, you move towards opportunity. But if you see problems, 
If you see positive, that's where you go. But if you see negative, if you see victory, come on, we just sang it. I'm going to see a victory. That's a good song. But if you see defeat, you keep going towards what you see. And then Isaiah 60 verse 5 says, Then you will see and be radiant. Your heart will thrill and rejoice because the abundance of the sea will be turned to you. The wealth of the nations will come to you. Come on. When, 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 you, when you get up and say, That's it. My heart matters. I'm going to make sure my, my heart is... Thrilled. I'm make sure my heart is rejoicing. I'm make sure my heart is enthusiastic. We're, if we're gonna worship God in my church, I'm gonna worship wholehearted. If if we're gonna, yeah, come on. If I'm gonna lean into, if we're gonna do something in my church. I'm gonna do it enthusiastically. If I'm, if I'm going to be a good husband, I'm going to be enthusiastic about being a good husband. Something about en- enthusiasm is a powerful ingredient in life. And you've got to watch your heart because there's, life will knock you around. There's no question. Life will want to beat your heart down. But you gotta, you got to keep your enthusiasm, thrilled heart, rejoicing heart. Enthusiastically love the people that are in your world. Enthusiastically worship God. Enthusiastically bring life. And I'm just telling you what this scripture says. This says the abundance of the sea will turn to you. And the wealth of the nations will come to you. Here's why I love maintaining an abundance mentality. Because abundance mentality is not about I get a bunch of stuff and I get to soak in my gravy. An abundance mentality will keep you fresh. Because if you think all the best days are gone, if you think there's no more for you, if you have that scarcity idea guess what? You're moving towards stale. But if you have an abundance mentality that says, God still has fresh anointing for me, fresh favor for me, fresh provision for me. He's not running out of anything. Come on. Hey, he's, you know there's more for you. The, the third idea that I see in, in this Joshua 1, which is so closely related to this, is this idea, you got to cross over into new territory. Uh, the problem with living in a comfort zone is it's so darn comfortable. <laughs> it's familiar. You got it all figured out. There's no tension. There's no 
thinking. There's no effort. I know this comfort zone isn't all that good, but I'm used to it now. I'm used to living like this. I'm used to living at this level. And you gotta, you gotta know that there's freshness in new territory. And I'm not saying you gotta get up and move to Alaska because the truth is you could take all your old stuff with you to Alaska and if, if you can't make it a church on time here, you won't in Alaska either, right? And if you like chocolate chip cookies here, you don't like them in Alaska. That's not what I'm talking about. A lot of people think if I just move somewhere geographically, that's going to change everything for me. No, it doesn't. It's you just wherever you go, there you are. But there's a different kind of thing where... where you, you move into new territory, and there's freshness in that new territory. There's, there, there are lessons you're going to learn in that new territory that you're never going to learn in old territory. There, there's a victory awaiting your arrival if you'll step into it. So, because... Remember when the priests were told, cross the water, and they're waiting for the water to part, and it didn't? And they finally had to, God said, step into the water. Sometimes the water doesn't part till you step into it. You got you to gotta, you gotta take the initiative to overcome passivity. I'm talking about staying fresh. I'm talking about not getting stuck in stale. You got to make a move to stay fresh. Because I think people have the wrong idea about how God blesses. They think God will bless and then I'll move. But the truth is, when you move, God blesses. Come on. It's a big difference. Uh, James 1 verse 25 says this. There's one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. And I think there's this passivity that passes for a form of spirituality. We're just waiting for the glory cloud. We're waiting for God to move. We're waiting for something. But I just want to tell you, it's always a green light till you get a red light. Right? In other words, just keep making your next sanctified move because that's where you're going to find freshness. That's where you're going to learn new things. That's where you're going to break out of your staleness. One story, and then we're going to finish up here. 2 Kings 7. Uh, so the, the Arameans have are surrounding um, Samaria, and, oh, wow, I didn't know y'all were here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and crazy, man, they were like in this, uh, so, 
sorry. You're the man. You're just the man. Okay. Um, <laughs> so there were four. Second Kings 7 verse 3. There were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. They said to one another, why do we just sit here till we die? If we say we'll enter the city, then famine is in the city and we shall die there. If we sit here, we're going to die also. Now, therefore, let's come, let us go over to the camp of the Arameans. If they spare us, we'll live. If they kill us, we're going to die. Hello? <laughs> they arose at twilight to go to the camp of the Arameans. And when they came to the outskirts of the camp of the Arameans, behold, there was no one there. They would have never known that. Unless they had gotten up and made a move. For the Lord caused the army of the Arameans to hear a sound of chariots and a sound of horses, even the sound of a great army. So they said to one another, Behold, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites, the kings of the Egyptians, to come upon us. So God created a perception. Therefore they arose and fled in the twilight. They left their tents, their horses, their donkeys, even the camp just as it was, fled for their life. When the lepers came into the outskirts of the camp, they entered one tent, ate and drank, carried from there silver and gold and clothes, went and hid them, returned, entered another tent, carried from there also, went and hid them. I love this idea. They just said, why do we sit here till we die? We may die if we go, but we're certainly going to die if we just sit here. I'd rather, I'd rather die as a moving target than as a sitting duck, right? Come on. Listen, I'd rather, I'd rather die in faith than live in doubt. I, I, I'd rather die trying than live just wondering what would have happened. You never know what God has planned for you till you step out. And it always is a certain amount of risk. It's always a step into the unknown. It's always a move that requires you to... That, and I think that's part of how God grows us up. And I don't know... I'm not telling you to jump off a cliff today. What I am saying is maybe God is saying something to you about starting a business or buying a house or going back to school or, or maybe he's just saying start exercising. Get a sore core like my wife. <laughs> I want to pray with you today. I just believe God has fresh things planned for your next season if you would get up and get going. Father, I'm praying for every person in this room that has been disappointed, that has slipped into coasting, that has just resigned themselves to, I guess this is the way it's going to have to be for me. I am praying that you will help every one of us just to take that next step into fresh. Take that next step into obedience. Take that next step 
into life. While your head is bowed and your eyes are closed, maybe you're here today and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. I would love to pray with you. Maybe you're here today and and you could say, you know, I kind of checked out for a little while, but I know I'm not where I want to be now, where I could be, where I should be, and I really want to come home. I really want to get back into my relationship with God. Or maybe you just feel unsure about where you stand. Nobody's looking around. It's just a moment to pray. But if you say, Pastor, would you pray with me? I I, I want to surrender to Jesus. I want to do that. Or I know I need to come back. Or I want to know for sure I'm right with him. Would you pray with me? Come on. I've been talking all morning about taking your next step. Taking your step. And this is your moment take that step. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand real high and say, that's me. Would you pray for me? I want to be right with God. I want to be surrendered to Jesus. I want to give my life to him. Come on. Is there anybody in this room that would say, yes, pray with me. You're talking to me. God bless you. Come on. Anybody else? Just yes. God bless you. Anybody else? Amen. Let's pray this prayer together. It's for everyone who lifted their hand, but I love it when we all pray it together, standing together with this. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I want you. I need you in my life as my Lord. I know I've sinned, but I come to the cross where you paid the price for my forgiveness. So thank you for a fresh start and a new beginning as I surrender to the love and the Lordship of Jesus. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Amen. Thank you, guys.